A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Welcome back to another World Game Changing Podcast, Relationship Edition. Uh, Very excited today. Uh, I am your host, Bob Conlon, life, love, and leadership coach, champion, um, lover of all things. And I have a very special guest here today, uh, Paul Lowe. Um, I'm assuming that if you have been listening to, to these podcasts, you know exactly who this incredible human being is. And um, I'm just thrilled to kind of turn the tables here and, and get to host Paul on this podcast. So um, welcome, Paul. Thank you, Bob. And it seems really, uh, I don't know what the right word is, the appropriate word, but it seems, uh, yeah, strange, I think. Just let's say strange to be on the other side of the table, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this, Bob, and I know I'm in good hands, but, uh, you know, you take it where you want to take it. I trust the process. Great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit surreal, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the word that comes up for me. Awesome. So um, if you don't know Paul, um, he started a worldwide movement um, a couple of years ago uh, called the World Game Changers, um, really aimed at supporting the greatness of all human beings is how I would I would describe it, um, helping, healing, loving, encouraging. And um, one of the things I got most connected to with Paul is just his deep sense of um, like care, his deep sense of concern for, for all things, all living things. And um, it's just been truly a pleasure to get to know him. And, you know, I met Paul and, one of the most challenging, scariest times of my life when uh, my my wife at five months pregnant, uh, her water broke and it was very likely that we would lose our child. And um, we didn't, long story short, and he's amazing, healthy, whole, complete, beautiful. Um, but I got to meet Paul at this time and, and just being with him was like having just a sense of like an oasis, like a, a place to get to remember who I am, a place to uh, get to serve um, and a place to just be able to connect. So I, you know, I cherish our relationship and I'm excited to talk to him a little bit more about his experience of relationship um, throughout his life and, you know, what he's learned and if he has any of his own wisdom to share to us all um, what that might be. So mm. <laughs> this is this is going to be interesting bob this is going to be interesting yeah yeah so i think um like just to set this up i you know, i look at our relationships can be some of our greatest teachers like, you know what we can learn about ourselves what we can learn about how we love how we give it how we receive it um where might our challenges be uh where might our growth be and um when i was thinking about like what do i want to know about paul in in this realm Um, the question came up, I was like, what did Paul learn about himself 
from his most challenging relationship? And that's the question I would pose to you is, is when you think back to a challenging relationship that you have had, what's the thing that ultimately you walked away with knowing or learning about yourself? Mm. I think the most challenging, and this, you know, this is obviously uh, with hindsight, with learning, peeling back the onion layers, call it what you will, Bob, sure. but the most challenging relationship I had was actually with myself. Mm. You know, from an early age, it was, uh, I was led to believe that I was useless. I was pathetic. Nobody had ever loved me. I was a waste of space. I'd be better off dead. You know, this was fed into me from, from eight years of age by the hands of my stepfather for mm. six years, six torturous years. And it was anchored in and it was, you know, supported by violence. And, you know, so I really, uh, you know, in my most formative years, Bob, developed this self-hatred. And, um, you know, so I spent most of my life actually fighting against myself. Mm. But the, the, you know, they say in darkness, you know, the real focus of light shines brightest in the darkest. You know, that glimmer of hope. And that glimmer of hope for me came in what I termed the divine feminine, the love mm. of a woman, if you will. Mm -hmm. That has been... And I'm going to say, you know, I mean, a lot of people won't agree with this or may not agree with this or they may. Um, but for me, Bob, in terms of my own journey, that love of womankind has just been I really cannot describe how powerful that's been. You know, initially, firstly, in the form of two matriarchs, my grandmother and my mother. And then more latterly in what the outside world would term romantic relationships. They, you know, I mean, I still had deep, deep deservedness issues. And, you know, when I was battling an alcohol addiction for, for many, many years. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that kind of, not the one thing, but one of the things that really kind of helped me to keep my head above water was that, that, that love, that knowing that I was so special in these in these beautiful divine feminine worlds. And, and, and that for me is, is just, um, it's just mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, um, for sharing. Um, I'm always um, just struck at how similar our, our stories are how much we share in common. And um, I didn't have the so much. So the violence growing up, um, you know, it was more so like kind of fending for yourself and kind of left alone, maybe, you know, abandoned, like emotionally and lovingly, you know, in a sense. Um, but I'm always struck at how, you know, how common our stories are and myself included, like what saved me was the love you know, that divine feminine, that love of a woman, um, helped see, helped me to start to see the values and gifts that I had, um, you know, just crack that door open a little bit. And I still too struggle with like self-worth and self self-love. And it's definitely like a place where I get to grow and practice. Um, you mentioned like that love from the divine feminine, that love, you know, from a woman, um, what were, what was the, like, what were the qualities of being or the qualities of that love? Like what, how did you experience it? 
very different, Bob. So if I go back to my, you know, the, the foundation for that was my grandmother. Um, and she was just the consummate. I mean, she, you know, tough as old boots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, I will protect my own. And, and that toughness, but that gentleness. And I found that fascinating. I mean, obviously, as a child, I didn't have the intellectual or emotional awareness to what, what's what's going off here. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, when I look back on it, and what, as I have looked back and reflected on the years of that, you know, that foundation, uh, as I call it, it's just been absolutely profound. That strength, yet paradoxically, that gentleness, that love, that nurturing. But, boy, don't cross this family. Yeah. she'd have a patriarch to deal with. And that fascinates me. That fascinates me. And that's why over the years, Bob, I got myself in so many fights around, you know, derogatory comments towards women and, mm. you know, the, even the label, the weaker sex. I mean, I don't know whoever coined that ridiculous notion. <laughs> Seriously. But it's like, where did you get that from? Um, and then my mother, you know, my mother was not in a good place. She used to self-harm. She got a, she was fi- fighting her own demons. Um, and then when she got in with this guy uh, who later she married, I mean, you know, there was there was deep underlish, underlying issues there, um, you know, and it wasn't unusual for me to grow up to, to see my mother. Uh, and this was when I was a child with a razor blade across her wrist, ready to slash your wrist. Mm. You know, um, I grew up with that. And, and in some respects, Bob, thinking this was normal, because when you don't know any other, you don't know any other. Right, right. Uh, but I could, you know, somehow knew it was wrong. And I can remember crying and sort of pleading for her not to do it. And she'd be in tears. I mean, you know, she had a drink addiction of her own. But she was such a, actually a strong, loving woman because her protection for me also knew no bounds. Hmm. You know, this is why I oftentimes, Bob, you know, that old adage, you cannot give what you do not have. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to question and I'm going to challenge that statement very strongly because I've been grown. I've been sort of grown up around people, particularly my mother. She gave what she didn't have. And I learned that model, you know, and in latter years, giving to other people, I gave what I didn't have. You know, I was a mess. My life was a mess. But when anybody else needed help, it was like a sobering effect. Right, okay, I'll sort this for you. I mean, sort of later on in my coaching journey, there was a lot of unraveling to do because my propensity, my natural, I'll fix you. I've I've got the answer to your problems. And as you know, Bob, better than most as a coach, that ain't our role. Um, And that's a relatively recent breakthrough in the last kind of, you know, seven, eight, nine years of Paul, it ain't your job to fix. Yeah, but no, Paul, there's no yes, buts. Sit on your hands. Yep. People have got their own lessons to learn. Guide and support by all means. You're not here to fix. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of grew up with those two as a foundation, Bob, uh, but there again, that gentleness, as much, you know, is a desperate place my mother was in and, you know, cigarettes and, and alcohol became a kind of crutch, if you will. Ironically, she died at 64 from lung cancer mm. as a result of the heavy smoking. And, you know, um, I mean, she found happiness in the end of the third marriage. So, you know, thank heavens for small blessings that she, you know, she had 20 years at the end of, you know, what she'd been seeking all her life. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. 
Well, um, on the on the other side of like that question is um, when you think about the the best relationship that you have had in your life, um, what you know what is what is that relationship, and and what what were the learnings that you you have gotten or continue to get from that relationship? Yeah, I mean the best one is where I am now, Bob, because I am, um, and I say this in the the humblest ways, but I'm absolutely in love with myself. Mm. and i deliberately kind of make that what people may jump in oh you arrogant so-and-so <laughs> egotistical one you know and but you know to kind of i suppose echo the message that you know how important we are in our own lives but i also put a caveat on that bob around self-love because i know there's a lot of um you know kind of noise out there that self-love is enough mm-hmm. okay i kind of get that but i've landed in that place of self-love but i've had a lot of help along the way you know and i've mentioned the two matriarchs four amazing women in my life that have been in my life called partners you can call it romantic i don't really call it romantic relationships i know that that's the the term that the world kind of dances to mm-hmm. you know we're in a romantic relationship partners call it what you will i think that when you become the embodiment of love that the love that you have for people um it just transcends because it's who you are whether people then want to well do you make love to that particular person at night because if you do that denotes it's a romantic relationship um i kind of don't that way Bob, because i think that romantic relationships for me uh and i'm waiting for you to shoot me right down in flames wearing your, <laughs> your um you know your relationship hat on your relationship coach hat but you know the kind of unless we work to keep our relationships alive the, the honeymoon period can be quickly over and we sure. settle down to you know inverted commas normality and then we start to pick holes in well i never realized you snored that loud or you Mm -hmm. know just things that you know when the honeymoon period it's like oh i really love the way you snore it i've never heard it like that before or you know (laughs) just these these quirks um but going back to the self-love thing that i think that's like something that matures uh, and I've certainly come to appreciate that now in my own in my own life. Um, and as I've shared with you, you know, in our private conversations, Bob, I've actually landed in the first time in the last two years in a place where I can actually say I don't need a relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't need one. Now, for all my life, from the age of 10, I can remember having a girlfriend at 10. Um, and let's just say we were fumbling in the dark at 10. Um, and then, you know, at the age of 14, I was living with a woman of 18 mm. because I was on the streets by then, you know, my six year torture from, from eight years had come to an end. I went to live back with my grandmother and basically I was just wild on the streets because I'd had six years of torture, humiliation, degradation, you name it. It was horrible. I was like a recoiled spring, but through that Bob was that love that I still had in my heart. But ironically, I only had it for women, kids and animals, not men. I was like 
men were like a magnet to me and I just sure. wanted to bite them. Yep. Yep. I can imagine like not having that. I mean, you had no role model in that sense, right? Like men were just dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. my model was, or understanding of word, my biological father was the, of this ilk and he split from my mother when I was, uh, when I was three, but you know, my model of the world is all men are drunken wife beaters. Hmm. Um, I saw that directly within my own world. And because I come from a very rough inner city um, area of Nottingham, that was rife around me. So it wasn't just my world. You know, this that's what I saw, that guys were in the pub, they were in the bookmakers, you know, they come home, they beat the wives and, you know, this, that, the other. That, that was, inverted commas, normal. But I somehow knew it wasn't. Yeah. And... Um... You know, my, my own personal story too, like, you know, um, like my, you know, my story or the relationship I have created around men, um, you know, my father passed away and I was very young at the age of seven. And, um, you know, I've, I've definitely like the story I told myself is that, you know, the men that I will love will leave, right? Like the, the father figures in my life will eventually go away. You know, and mm. even still to this day, I'm way more comfortable in relationships with women than I am with men. Um, and it's, you know, it's just, again, and I'm also very committed to supporting men in the coaching work that I do, you know, cause I feel like, um, there's a lot of opportunity to open hearts and open minds and, um, open, a vulnerable conversation about what they actually want and need and, um, how they want to express themselves. And, but it's, you know, I, I love the, you know, I love what you said, like, you know, that you need to have it to give it away is not always necessarily true. You know, I, I feel like um, it's, you know, what can I discover with you along the way? You know, I might be just one step ahead of you or, you know, one step behind you, but together, you know, together we can, we can grow and figure it out um, together. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's that's definitely been my, you know, um, kickback against that, um, that cliche of you cannot give what you do not have. Because I think you can give anything and everything. And, you know, um, it's certainly something I've lived my life by because you follow your heart. Mm -hmm. You know, there has been times and I would probably say for the biggest part of my life where I've followed my head. But that was based on fear and survival. You know, that letting go of of that and having that leap of faith to know that there's more and for me it was about pulling on those early year ex, early years experiences of and also my beautiful canine rocky you know massive massive and the 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 connection i have now uh, bob with particularly canines is just it's weird and I'm just yeah. going to share a story. So as recently as three or four days ago, I was on a train to, to watch my hometown club play their last away game of the season. And it was only kind of, what, 90-minute train journey. And, you know, Anyway, we're on this packed train and there's thousands of, you know, uh, people on, singing on the platforms. Anyway, people, you know, all the Forest supporters got on the train yeah. to go to the hall and this, that, the other. And it was amazing. And there was all this noise. And I sat there because oh, I managed to get a, a seat on the train and I sat there and I was just in this bliss 
this kind of all this noise and this chanting and this tribal chanting from the uh, you know the football supporters was kind of noise in the background because I'm in my own kind of world and I just felt so so peaceful and so despite all this noise anyway this lady got on with a beautiful cocker spaniel and does no more Judy's name was does no more Judy kind of slips his lead and he comes bouncing up straight on my knee straight on my knee and (laughs) stared into my eyes and I, t- I swear, Bob, it was pure love, pure connection between two beings. Mm. Uh, anyway, the lady came over and sort of said, oh, I'm ever so sorry. I said, please don't be sorry. We're connecting. And she looked at me as if to say, have you been drinking? <laughs> you know, and But me, you know, me and Jude knew. Anyway, she kind of pulled him down and um, he come back again. And the same thing happened, Bob. It was just, you know, I don't know, a minute, whatever it was, that pure connection. Mm-hmm. It pulled him down again. Uh, I don't think she was, I think she actually felt a bit threatened by it. Because at one stage, on the second one, she said, you know, that's my dog, don't you? So, okay. Blow me, Bob, if he didn't come back a third time. <laughs> <laughs> How funny. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I kind of just use uh, use that example or, you know, um, repeat that example of this this connection that we have as love, this energy that we have as love, you know. And when I look back, I'm, you know, was that uh, was that in me as a being? Is that what I've signed up for from previous incarnations? Um, yes. Yes, it is. I'm, I'm, you know, the more that the onion layers are being peeled back and the tears shed and, you know, and subside the more I'm understanding around my raison d'etre, Bob, you know, my, my true soul's purpose, if you will. And that for me is the faith that the, the, the real love sits upon. Because what that's what we're talking about here. I know we're talking about relationships, but, you know, if we can use one simple umbrella word, word surely that's love. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just going back to what you said about, you know, um, you know, world game changes, and obviously, Bob, you're a very key part of that as chair of the, uh, the North America charitable arm. Um, you, you, you know, you're able to sort of, I suppose, reflect and testify better than most that you know we're building this movement on on the language of love mm-hmm. and compassion, and not just nice fancy buzzwords to throw around. You know, because sometimes my personal kind of uh, examples of that are at the sharp end of life and they're graphic it's not all kind of rainbows and un- unicorns far from it mm-hmm. certainly not with the tough love that you know i get involved with you know to you know put that metaphoric arm around somebody's shoulder um there is such a thing as tough love and um but the key thing is love mm-hmm. uh, what a what a beautiful way to close our time together love yeah love well paul um i feel like we could talk for hours and um we can't (laughs) so i want to thank you so much for for coming on and and sharing what you've learned in this relationship to yourself and uh, what you learned about love along the way uh profound um thank you again so much and um 
Uh, if you want to take this conversation further, um, you can feel free to reach out to me. You can find me at conlincoaching.com. That's C-O-N-L-I-N. And um, can continue that conversation from there. Until next time, keep bringing courage and heart into all your relationships. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>